what's the point of being brave? What's the point of sharing your story? Well, we think it is the point. Hi, I'm Liza Jean, a certified Enneagram coach and the founder of Living Simply Brave. Hi, I'm Megan Lynn, communications expert and founder of Voice Your Story. And together, we are Voice Your Brave Story, an Enneagram Journey podcast. A place to dive deeper into inner work to explore how we experience our stories through the foundation of the Enneagram and hear the brave journeys of everyday people who have faced trials along the way. Hello, Voice Your Brave Story listeners. This is Megan Lynn here with you. We're with Liza Jean, and we are continuing our series on the subtypes. Um, last week, we talked about self-preservation across all of the types, and this week, we're going to talk about the social subtypes. Um, so we're going to go through the, the, each of the Enneagram types again. Um, so if you are just joining us, um, it could be beneficial to go back and listen to the last two podcasts prior to this one, um, just because that we gave an intro into this concept and then we were able to talk about self-preservation. Um, and so this week we're going to talk about the social subtypes. So, um, and we, again, um, as we talked about before, we're doing this to be able to learn and to understand ourselves more and to really understand why we do the things that we do and um, to really grasp, you know, how do I function? How is it that I show up um, so that we can just be in a healthier spot and, and learn how to, how to embrace this? You know, something that we talked about last week was that this is, um, there, there are no there's no good types or bad types, but they're healthy and unhealthy. And so that can apply to any type, any um, subtype. Um, and our goal really is to help you get to that healing, healthy spot in your relationships with people. So Liza, let's, let's take it away and talk about these, um, this new dynamic with that we're into today with the social subtypes. So I love it how you how you so blissfully and like gracefully talk about moving from surviving to thriving. You're just like mm, that's just this thing we're doing, right? I love that. Like it's such a positive aspect to like something that is viewed as like so detrimental and suffering, and I have to do this work, right? Like I remember viewing that of like, man, I I don't like the fact that I have to do all this work, right? Like, but because yeah. I've gone through different types of trauma. I had to do different levels of healing to get to now, like where I feel like I'm more in this, you know, bouncing back from average to unhealthy to, you know, back to the low side of being healthy. And so it's yeah. really interesting to be able to hear you talk about it, which just, it, it just shows how much work you've done. Right. Like I remember a few years ago when we were in those spaces of going like, Oh man, like this is so uncomfortable. I don't yeah. want to look at this stuff. Right. And so, <laughs> our listeners are in that place just reminding them that it it's just one step at a time right like yeah. it's just you may have to listen to this episode or any of the episodes like 10 times you're like oh my god I finally get it because you you heard it at a different point on your healing journey like you heard it when you needed to really hear what you needed to hear so be gentle with yeah. yourself as you listen literally it's like taking one step at a time, right? Like imagine yeah. walking on a walk and going, okay, I'm going to take one more step. I'm going to take one more step. And that's what, that's what we're doing is we're trying to show those steps to you so you can take it small bits at a time. 
I love that you said that because, um, you know, it's easy to, I, I would never want to make it sound like it just zipped right into it, <laughs> you know? I think it's so beautiful how you share that it's so encouraging. Like, it's not just easy. Like I just woke up like this one day. Like right. we've had to do it was a lot. Work. Yeah. Right. It was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of, it, and it took a long time. And I remember, um, my, my cousin and I did a lot of work kind of together. We were both in the single spot together at the same time and, and have been, um, we've had a lot of very beautiful moments of being able to kind of work through things together. And I remember at one point we both talked about being so tired all the time. And she, at one point, cause we, we do little video chats with each other and she's like, it's cause we're working so hard. Other people aren't doing this all the time. You know I mean? So, obviously some people are, but there's a lot of people that, um, you know, just aren't at that point in their journey yet where they're diving in that much. And, and she's like, it, this takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of mental energy. And so if you're doing this and you feel tired, if you like, it could have physical ramifications. If you're feeling exhausted, if you're feeling like, Whew, this is a lot of work, it's, it's cause it is, it is a lot of work, but the the outcome that you get from it, the energy that you gain on the, on the other side of it, the, the joy that comes on the other side is, um, so worth whatever exhaustion you're going to go through <laughs> to get to yeah, that point. This is, this is really, it's brave work, right? It's brave yeah. healing work. And that's part of understanding our stories is doing this brave work that we have to do as individuals. And the Enneagram is able to give you that foundation to see where it is as you as an individual can improve and cultivate that deeper healing and those healthier relationships that you desire to have. Like this is that foundation to go, oh, that's the thing I keep falling over to. And that's why I think these subtypes are so important to describe is because you're like, well, I identify with this type, but I don't really do those things. But you're like, I don't really know what I do. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, again, like I said last week, you know, we know ourselves by what we get wrong, not by what we get right. And we need to shift that of, we need to start embracing of like, what are the things that we are doing? Right. What if like today we made one right choice or we felt one thing that we didn't feel yesterday? Like that's one step. And I think it's important. And it's in, I'm just really glad that you mentioned that it's, it's important to realize and listen to our bodies of like, if you're exhausted listening to this episode, pause it and come back to it. It's totally yeah. fine. It'll be here. It's a free resource for you to take those brave steps to voicing your story. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's right. dive in. So social <laughs> subtype one. All right. So social subtype ones are very interesting. They, um, perceive themselves as being almost the perfect role model. So ones really are focusing on improving. I don't even like using the word perfectionistic at all. They're just achieving, they're trying to achieve this improvement. And so ones of the social type really believe that they can be the perfect role model for people. They know what's right. They know what's wrong. If we all do the right thing, we're going to have a much better world, right? So their focus is on being that role model for others. So they're more out into the world. They're more seen. They're willing to sacrifice um, their time and their space because they want to help other people improve and be better. 
And they do that by showing people that they are the role model for that. And so they can get frustrated when, uh, when they've said, these are the things that we're supposed to be doing as a society or a normal, or this is what this role is supposed to look like. So they can get frustrated when other people aren't meeting the needs that they've clearly said, this is what we need to do. So they can get mm. frustrated when other people don't meet their standards or the social normal standards that they're trying to set. Very interesting. So that's where the social piece it really yes. comes into play is, is how others are interacting with the, the, the goals that they've set in, in trying to help things to be bettered. Yeah. And it could be developed over time that this is the role. This is what this is supposed to look like. Right. We get into that. You should look like that or you're supposed to do this. Yeah. And when it comes to some things, there's a little give and take. But social type ones, when they're more unhealthy, like, no, it needs to be this way versus giving a little lenience of that's okay. Like, well, we really should be focusing on these things, but that's okay if we lean a little over here. So again, that's that healthy and unhealthy space of where that comes in. Nice. So let's, um, let's go on to the social subtype two. So um, twos are very people oriented. So I'm curious to hear how, <laughs> how just how social can they be? <laughs> so I get to be vulnerable on this episode because I am a social subtype two. And it has always kind of confused me at how social, I've always literally been called, you're such a social butterfly. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I just love people. I love interacting. I love connecting. I love talking to people. I love hearing people's stories. Like, there's not a story that somebody couldn't tell me that I couldn't hold space for. But like, I've heard it all. I've experienced it all. I want to hear it all. I want to hear the good and the bad. And a lot of people aren't like that, but social twos are really ambitious at making other people feel loved and cared for and appreciated. Like they see those people out in the world who are suffering and sad, and they know that they can care for them. They know that they can hold that space. And so they're like, oh, let me fly over here and be a butterfly (laughs) and bring joy and happiness to somebody who's suffering or just you know, meeting people where they're at. And I, that's the way, like, I'm able to describe my move from unhealthiness of, like, checking on people and inserting myself and um, meeting people's needs when they haven't asked me to, right? So now it's like, I see the need and I'm like, well, let me ask this person, do they want my help? Yeah, maybe. If they say yes, then I help them. If they say no, then I have to accept that. But it's interesting because they are very social. They're ambitiously social creatures and they really have this drive and desire to just meet everybody in the world and then believing that everybody's going to like them. And then they're like everybody. Yeah. I think social twos are the reason that every single Enneagram um, meme that's out there that says the different types about a two say that you're going to bake cookies for everybody and that you like want to take things to people or no, I no I'm nodding your head. No, no, I'm shaking my head. No, because I I'm, I'm laughing it inside because like, I remember that desire of like, Oh, I can bake a cake for this person and I can do these things and I can do these things. And I did them right. Like someone to be like, I need this. Oh, I got you. But like, I even offered it before they even asked it. And they're like, no one ever questioned 
how do you know what I need? I've literally never told you. And it wasn't (laughs) until I started pointing it out. People were like, oh, you're right. Like I was thinking that I never said it and you still know what I needed. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then I realized because I have this huge sense of ability to see that it wasn't until that wasn't being reciprocated when I was really sick and in the hospital and going through my struggles, you know, when I needed to move, I had to beg people to come help me. I didn't have the support system, right. Of people messaging me and going, Oh, I can help you. And then you having to accept it. I didn't have it. I had to go search it. Right. Yeah. And that's a, that's a kind of a theme in my story and whether that's tied to the social type too, or not, it's just interesting because, uh, they're, they go above and beyond to serve. Um, but that's not until then when they need it, it doesn't happen. It's because they're outgoing and meeting and making all these connections. It's, it's unsustainable, um, in an unhealthy space of like, you can't make friends with everybody in the world. I mean, you could be friendly to people, but you can't be friends with everybody in the world. Yeah. Well, I think too, when a social comes across that way to others, they kind of project that they don't need help with anything because they're always taking care of everybody else. It's like, well, you know, and it, it not, I don't think anybody's intentionally thinking this, but I think subconsciously you think, well, if they've got the space to take care of me, they must be doing okay. You know? So I yes, think that's so probably where some of that persona out for that type too, that they're so good at taking care of everybody else that they're good at taking care of themselves. And often it's the complete opposite. They're focused on taking care of other people and they don't have people taking care of them. And people don't think to ask because they're like, Oh, well, they're so put together and they can take care of my needs and do all these things and do this and do that. And often they're just afraid to ask for help because they're afraid that people are going to tell them no. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about what this looks like then for a social subtype three. All right. So a social subtype three (laughs) are really focused on being seen as successful and admirable in group settings. So imagine at a job, in a church, um, within a social uh, group of friends, they want to be seen as the most successful, the most admirable. They have all these achievements and they want everybody to know about it. So this is, they're more image driven. They craft it. They want to put it out there. They want everybody to know about what they're doing. This is the person that wants the gold stars and the trophies and the- Right, like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Like that's motivating. (laughs) How can I put my gold star on the chart, right? Like, so this even happens- as young children. And so you can kind of see some of these different things, but they want other people to see them succeeding and they make a point to point it out and let people know. And it, it it reinforces the status of, Oh, well, they thought that was really great. Now, what can I do better? So it's almost, they become very competitive within themselves of like, well, was that good enough? Did I get enough accolades? Like, did people actually believe I was successful in this? And what happens if they don't get validated in that, or it's not genuine validation externally, then they're like, oh, I need to step it up. I need Mm. to raise my game. And what happens when you do that is you get burnt out and you're exhausted and you're tired 
But now you're on this hamster wheel of like, well, I have to keep up this status. I have to keep up this of I'm good at this and this and this and this. I'm good at all of these things. And yeah. that's where they can get burnt out. Um, really, it, it takes time for them it, until they hit a wall and they can't get up. Like they're exhausted. They can't get off the couch. They're really sick and illness. It's not until they um, reach almost like their first failure that they realize that they can't keep this up anymore. And sure. they're afraid, definitely afraid of failing because why would somebody love them if they weren't successful? So it's an image that they've crafted. And so it's really hard to go. I have to, I can put this down because they, that's why they believe people love them is because of their success, not for who they that are. That is a huge weight to carry. Yes. So, um, so social subtype fours, I imagine they come across quite a bit differently than that. Yes. And I've recently done some client work around somebody who is kind of identifying right now as a social um, type four. And they're a, a little bit more vocal about their sufferings. And they're not specific about their sufferings. They're just like, oh, I had a bad day. Oh, it was the worst day ever. And you're like, okay, I, I can hear that. That we all have bad days, right? Mm -hmm. What was so bad about your day? Like, what was it that caused it to be the worst day ever? And, oh, it was just the worst day ever. You wouldn't believe it. It's the worst day. So like they name it, but they're not specific enough about like actually what was it? They just think like this one thing was bad. So everything's bad. So it's all bad. Right. And so they really focus on getting attention almost for that this this was the worst day ever and you can imagine if you're in a relationship with somebody and they call you and talk to you and every day is the worst day of their life you'd be like what thought yesterday was the worst day of your life like, well wait wait a minute like which one was it well what made it bad today right so it's like having that understanding of really what it is that's causing it and it could just be an accumulation of this suffering that force gets stuck in right and it's almost like they feel like they don't belong unless they look like they're suffering so they get that attention by uh, they want people to almost feel bad for them that they're having a hard time because that's how they belong so it's really hard for them to feel like they belong because they feel so marginalized like they're suffering nobody can understand them they don't get this and so the only way people can get them is by vocalizing, oh, this is the worst day ever. This is terrible. And it, it could be the terrible worst day ever. But if you can't identify with what really caused that and you stay in that, that's where people are like, we don't, we don't get you. You're not telling us what it is. So it's this hamster wheel and they get marginalized even more and pushed out and they still feel like they really don't belong. Sure. That sounds like a pretty unhealthy version of somebody functioning in that? What, what would somebody who's more healthy um, for maybe some of our listeners that, that don't really identify with that, that piece of it? What's, what's another way that they may present? So a, a healthier version would be more of, say, uh, a social type four was able to add a uh, a contribution to a group or this, this social setting friends or whatever. 
and their friends were like, wow, that was so really great. Like that was so genuine. And that was, I'm so glad that you were to offer that. Like they were then able to support, right? Their friends or their people. And then they get that appreciation of like, oh, we see this other side of you. Like now you're able to support other people in their suffering, right? So when they're the supported one, that's like that healthier version of, because it's not just them. They're not wrapped up in their own suffering. They're able to hold space for other people who are suffering. And I keep using the word suffering, but it's a, they're holding compassion and gentleness for seeing other people and embracing them. So the envy for the four comes into this comparison game of like, um, is my suffering worse than yours? No, it's not at all. It's, we can hold space for suffering. We're all suffering. We're all going through different emotions and struggling with different things. So that's the different version of healthy versus unhealthy. That makes sense. Hopefully that clarified it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It helped a lot. So, um, so let's go on to the social subtype five. What do they, how do they come across? So social type fives, I don't personally know any. Um, I have listened to some podcasts that there's a host that is a social five. And I was like, how are they a five? And then I was like, oh, that's how they're a five. So it's so interesting because they are, it's almost like they're different people. They are like when I described myself as a social two of going out and wanting to be in groups of people and um they they're focused on forming these strong bonds with people in groups gathering together as researchers or data collectors and so they they come together and share their ideas with a group of people in a particular field so they're willing to sacrifice the information that they've been collecting and hoarding these resources or their finances or their knowledge that they've been gathering, you know, now yeah. they're like, Oh, I want to go show this with the world. Uh, I don't know for sure, but Albert Einstein may have been a social five. I don't know that for sure, but he was willing to have all these really brilliant ideas and then share yeah. them with people. Right. And yeah. that's how, because he was able to create teams of people or have, you know, an apprentice or whoever, he then shared that. So I don't know that he was or not, Um, but they're able to disengage with believing that they have to keep these resources to themselves. They're willing to share them with the groups or people or with the world because they know it's going to be, it's going to make a difference in the world. Yeah. Now I am curious to hear about the social subtype six since even their (laughs) self-pres identified with people. So I'm curious to hear how the social side of this applies for sixes. So social type six, um, (laughs) they deal with this anxiety and this fear of this danger of protecting themselves by following the rules. So they're all about like paying attention to who's the authority and almost kind of getting in line with them and just mm. going along with what the rules are. So they're not wanting to break the rules. They want to behave um, in the right manner, be good enough so that they can be uh, safe. So they follow the rules so that they can be safe. They believe that these rules are in place for a reason. So let's follow them. Imagine they can look a little bit like a one at times with the with being 
yeah, rule oriented. The way that it would show up differently is the ones are focused on something is black and white thinking, like it's good or bad. Six is just fall in line with whoever the authority figure is. They put their trust in that person. And so whatever that person mm. is saying are the rules, they don't question it. They just, oh, this person's in the authority figure. They say, that's what we're supposed to do. We're going to do that. So they don't, I'm not saying that they don't question it necessarily, but they aren't going, well, is that good or bad? They just are like, well, those are the rules. We're going to follow the rules. These are the laws. We're supposed to follow the laws. Like they're not going back and questioning if it's good or bad. They just believe, okay, well, somebody put these in place. We're supposed to follow yeah. them. What we're they've already to- they've already evaluated the authority that they are. The good and the bad of it. These are the rules. Let's just do it. Yeah. So now with sevens, how do sevens come across in the social subtype? So for the last thing, I just want to mention about the social six is... Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, it just came to me, as you said, uh, that we we're saying that is they, they believe that they have to follow those rules so that they don't get cast out of groups. So like in order mm. to belong to groupings and social gatherings, they have to follow the rules. And if they don't, then they might be like kicked out, you know, like they might not be able to belong. So they might be willing to go along with something that maybe they don't 100% believe in so that they don't have to be excluded from something. So again, it's, it's different from the, they can look like a type one because of those things. Interesting. Yeah. Now, when we are talking about the social subtype seven, so this is, we're onto, I think this is our first counter type for the socials that we've come across. So we're, so let's, let's talk about what this looks like for seven. So they're going to look a little bit different than what a typical seven would look like. Yeah. And so sevens are really focused again on the high side of life having fun and being joyful. That's what they're wanting, right? Having adventure and excitement and stimulation and seeking adventure. Like that's what they're focused on. And so it's extremely important to social um, type sevens to also be in connection with people, but it's, it's, it's almost like they have to sacrifice a part of themselves in order to be a part of a group. So what happens, you think of any type, right? When, when you're by yourself, you can think of, oh, what do I want to eat? What do I want to drink? What do I want to do? But when you start adding people, depending upon your type, you might consider, well, what would you like to do? Or, oh, I'm just going to do this in either you go along or you don't go along right so like there's different levels of that but for sevens it would look like they're sacrificing a desire that they want to do or have because they have people important to them that they want to be part of so they're willing to go well I really want to do this but I guess we could do that for a short period of time but that doesn't last long because they're always having that seeking that desire of wanting to pursue their own things their own excitement and own adventures so That's they kind interesting because as them momentarily almost it's almost like a snippet of time it's like oh wait we just got here you want to leave already and they're like oh yeah I want to go to the next thing like let's go to the next party let's uh go on this next hike you know so it's like they're always wanting to go on to the next thing that's interesting because um as you were describing that I'm like oh that sounds like some things that I do as a two 
um, where I, a lot of times will default to the people around me um, just because, but that has a lot more to do about the energy that I feel from them, that if the people around me are happy, then I'm going to be happy wherever we are, because then I can like, uh, if they're in discord, I'm going to feel that the whole time. So it won't matter if we go where I want to go, because I'm going to feel their negative energy that they didn't really want to go there to begin with. Whereas seven, a social seven is, is in dealing with that kind of a scenario in a completely different way where it's more to, to have their value within the group and to be able to maintain that, that group dynamic where a two is actually doing it to preserve themselves, where it's like giving up for the, the good of something else. It looks the same, but it's actually from a different kind of motivation. And the last part that I can add to that is the difference between the seven and the two is the twos are desiring to have, to be loved and wanted. And they settle for appreciation. The twos do. They want mm, to be yeah. loved unconditionally, but they settle for, oh, thanks. I really appreciate what you did. The sevens want the appreciation and the acknowledgement of like, oh, well, I was going to go on this really cool hike and skydive, but you know, I'm just going to settle for playing pool with y'all tonight. Like, you know, so it, it's a totally different subtle. They want to be acknowledged and almost recognized um, and thanked for them not going and doing this crazy adventure that they were going to go do. Right. So yeah, it's like, oh, well, I'm willing to sacrifice my solo experience to have a group fun of like, oh, boring pool. <laughs> like, I'm going <laughs> to show they have a great time anyways, because they're with their people. Right because otherwise they would choose just not to do it. So it's still like the sacrificing piece, but um, the, the subtle difference between a two and a seven, um, there are huge differences, but they, oh, yeah. some people kind of are like, well, I look like that. And you're like, mm, yeah, no, it's the motivation of like, why are you wanting to do those things? So. Well, I think that just brings up how important it is that we, there's, there's a lot of layers to understanding this. And so that's why we've introduced all of these concepts. So separately from each other, because, because you have to understand that core motivation to really help to drive where you are like, oh, well, I could identify with this, but I kind of identify with that. A lot of it can come back to those more, those motivations that we talked about a long time ago. Um, so just keeping that in mind as you're doing this, there's a lot of layers that go into place to help figure out what your type is. So um, we're down to the last two and we've got another counter type. So social subtype eights. And I, I actually really, I really enjoyed understanding and learning about this subtype because I'm actually working with a client right now who is like having these ginormous aha moments of like, oh my God, I'm so seen. Like she thought she was identifying as a three and then because somebody told her she was a type three. And then when I started working with her, I was listening carefully to what she was saying. And I was like, so why do you do this then? And like, so I started asking her these questions and I was like, so are you still identifying with a type three? And she's like, yeah, no, not anymore. So like we landed on that. She's identifying as a social type eight, which is interesting because they look a lot like twos. And she was seeing her, someone told her she was a three. But the interesting part about the social type eights is they are willing to put their necks out on the line for the people who are 
the underprivileged or the people who can't protect themselves. So they're really fascinated with sticking their necks out on the line and um, being caring and compassionate and protecting vigorously almost or like just intensely protecting those who can't protect for themselves. And it's really interesting because they challenge all those social norms, but you have to have the energy of an eight to go against the grain. You have to have it. I've read that Martin Luther King Jr. was a so it yes. was a type eight. And when you talk about this, I'm like, oh, I'm guessing it was a social subtype eight then because yes. he was going yes. up against I one of the biggest. I don't, know, I don't know that he was a social, but if I had to pick a subtype for him because he did, uh, he was identified as a type eight, I would definitely pin him as a social because he was willing to stand alone and fight for the masses of people to get yeah. their rights. And that's the social norms we're talking about. They're willing to fight and go against them because yeah. they believe that they have this power and influence that if they have enough confidence that people will join them and fight against something when they, they are like, well, yeah, I'm one person. I can't do anything. But one person who has enough confidence and influence can make a huge difference. And that's, they're willing to defend those who, who can't defend themselves. And so it's really about protection of the people who can't protect themselves for social diet, social type eights. Well, we are down to our last one. Social subtype nine. And this is is another counter type. Yes. So it's interesting how they're kind of grouped together. So we're going to have a lot of countertypes next week. <laughs> yes. In a grouping of numbers. So it's very interesting because nines, again, are really wanting to focus on going with the flow, avoiding that conflict, not in getting in disagreements. Like they're really wanting to just be unaffected by life. They just want to enjoy life. They don't want it to be super great or super bad. They just want to go with it and enjoy it as it comes. They're very laid back people, but the social nines start merging in the groups. So they're seen, but they're not fully seen. So they're able to like show up in a group and add a contribution to something when, when they're able to. So they like to support specific things, but they're not like all raw, raw of like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this thing. So like they believe for a cause and then they go join this cause, but they sit in it and just go with it. Like I'm here. You wanted me to be here. I'm here. I'm supporting you. So the social aspect of the nine looks different than some of the other socials. So they're just willing to show up and support, like hold a protest side. Like I'm here, but they're not the ones yelling and screaming and, you know, going out and collecting things they're there they're showing their support just by being there and so they merge with the group so whatever the group wants to do they're going to go do it yeah that sounds like a great idea and so they're not always willing to be like no that's not a good idea because they're like well I think that sounds great like let's do that and so they work really hard at merging with whatever the group wants to support whatever it is that they need. So that's how they're able to support and be social by supporting the group itself. Sure. 
Well, I hope that this has all been very insightful for you if you've been listening with us here today um, or as you've been listening with us here today. Um, Next week, we will wrap this up in talking about the one-to-one type, um, and, and hopefully you'll be able to, to kind of pull together and, and listen to all of these pieces, and hopefully it helps you in your journey of trying to figure out, you know, where it is and how you react, and, um, and so it's, it's important work that you're doing, and like Liza has said, you know, being gentle with yourself is really important, and, and just, you know, really taking in and doing, looking in, inward at yourself to understand who you are and what you do. It's going to really help to cultivate those healthier relationships with the people around you. Anything else you want to leave us with today, Liza? I just want to tell everybody how brave they are to remind them that no matter what, that they keep showing up, yeah. that they're brave every single day that you show, you're showing up for your life. Even if you don't think it's important, even if you don't think you're making an impact, you're continuing to show up for yourself. You're here listening in. And that's huge. I I remember when I was going through my seasons and I was like, I don't even have the energy to get out of bed. But the fact that you're here listening every week and you're tuning in, I just want to remind you of how brave that is. That is just brave work right there. Taking a step towards investing in yourself and understanding who you are so that you can go out and have the healthiest relationships, that you can have the healthiest relationship with yourself, that you can invest in your future and move one step at a time from that survival mode that you were so sick of staying stuck in to a thriving life that has passions and goals and travels and friendships and partnerships. And it's so important to just remind yourself that you are so brave so brave and and when you go through all of this then you're you get to that point where you can own your story you can brave you can voice your own story and be able to continue to to grow in this and 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 really lean into the life that you want to live so we're so glad you joined us today um we thank you for spending your time with us we know that you could use your time in a lot of different places. And so it means the world to us that you are here and listening to us and spending your time with us. We ask that we would love for you to connect with us online or on Instagram and Facebook. Um, please feel free to reach out to us. We are real people. Um, and we, we would definitely, uh, we would definitely love to connect with you. So I hope that you all have a wonderful week and we'll look forward to connecting with you next time. Remember to be you bravely. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. We are so grateful that with all of the choices of where you could have spent your time today, that you joined us. If you enjoyed what you listened to, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at Voice Your Brave Story on Facebook and Instagram. And it would also mean the world to us if you would give us a five-star rating on the platform that you found us on. Nothing helps to spread the word more than when people share about what they love. Thank you so much for joining us. In the meantime, Remember, your brave story matters. Voice it.